Now, are you ready? You look ready. Not sure you sound ready, but you look ready. Thank you, guys. You can take your seats. You can take your seats. I'm going to introduce to you someone whom you may not know. I don't know how much you know about Simon Williams. But let me fill you in with, with a few things. Who, who noticed the, the video clip we pray, play before the service, um, just before the band starts? Uh, interestingly enough, if you've been to C3 Adelaide Hills, you'll notice that exactly the same video clip plays there. Because that video clip was made by Simon and Brendan. Because uh, Simon and Brendan actually own a production company together. They are the... Uh, the, the principles, I think, is the correct term of that company. Um, Grandmasters, sorry. Um, and uh, so, so they've grown up together. Well, they, they have sort of. I think I introduced them and made them famous. Um, <laughs> okay. So I didn't, but... Um, but I've, I've known Simon since he wasn't actually... wasn't as tall as me. Um, but he embarrassingly shot quite a bit higher. But he is, of course, the, the son of uh, Bruce and Julie Williams, who are the pastors at C3 Adelaide Hills, so um, he comes from good stock. Um, but he, he's been involved in church life all his life, and he's one of those irritating people that, that, uh, that their church is full of, and I think our church is full of, is that has, has come up and decided that he wants to own the church that there are ideas that need his input, that there are, basically there's, there's a, and Bruce has alluded to this, that he has noticed this, there is a takeover bid going on <laughs> at C3 Adelaide Hills, a bit like the takeover bid that's going on at Norwood, um, because the, the, the church is, is full of young people who God is inspiring to have fresh ideas, new revelation, uh, and a, a new vision for the future of the church. And so Simon is one of those people, so this morning, I want you to, to sit back and listen to the, the word that Simon's bringing this morning and take it for everything you can, because it's going to be fabulous. Will you welcome Simon as he comes to the platform? Thank you, Pastor Chris. How are we? You can grab your seats. Thank you. Uh, that was a lovely welcome. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I'm a pastor's kid. Don't hold that against me. If you've ever had experience with pastor's kids, you'll know what I'm talking about. We have some form of confidence or arrogance. I'm not sure what you would call it, but uh, we grow up in church and have good times. And I've loved Jesus the whole time. Haven't always served him wholeheartedly. I did have a couple of years in my teens where I decided I'd push the boundaries. Anyone here been there? We all push boundaries. Even my two-year-old daughter pushes the boundaries. She's testing the boundaries. So I have a lovely wife, Georgia, and two girls, Marley and Ryan. Ryan's three months old and Marley's two. And uh, two-year-old, how two-year-old has been two since she was one. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Hey, it's just such a privilege to be here sharing with you guys this morning. I love your pastors, Pastor Chris and Vicky. Why don't you put your hands together for your pastors? I think... Uh, in the sentiment of the takeover that's coming from the next generation, what I would say about your pastors is that they're humble enough to let that happen and to listen. You know, you can have leaders and people who are an older generation that won't actually let the next generation step in and throw in ideas. 
and then it becomes a hostile takeover. But that's certainly not what's happening here and it's not what's happening in our church as far as I'm aware, but I'm the guy. No. <laughs> uh, you might have to ask Pastor Bruce if he comes here to chat and don't, don't ask him actually. So fresh start. How cool is that? Great place to start the year. Has anyone got any New Year's resolutions that have already failed? Uh, I, yeah, I, I was going to eat healthy this month. <coughs> was the banana bread healthy? Yeah, it's got banana in the name. It's like potato chips. Potatoes are good for you. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let's just pray and we're going to get into the Word. I've got a, a message about hope today. Father, we thank you that we're here. We thank you that we could worship. We thank you that your presence is here and that, Jesus, you sent your Holy Spirit to be with us and you're here right now with us, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray you just bless this congregation, Father, this group, this community of people uh, that we're a part of today. I thank you that you so love every single person here. You so love them, that you're completely obsessed with every person. You created them in your image, that each person here is unique and you love them. And I just pray you bless today in your mighty name, Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Well, today, the title of my message today is The Lame Way to Get Hope. If you're writing notes, has anyone met a teenager that calls everything lame? Like, oh my gosh, this is so lame. Like when my mum got Facebook, it was so lame. She's commenting on things. I was like, oh mum, that's lame. You're not using Facebook, right? Don't judge me here. Okay, but I was a teenager and it's like, mum, that's so lame. You can't say that. Or like whenever we'd go somewhere, she'd just boast about me. It's like, oh, you're being so lame. Well, that's not really the sentiment of this lame, but it's the lame way to get hope. We're going to look in Acts 3, uh, verse 1 to 10, a familiar story if you've been in church before. And if you haven't, well, we're going to go through it together and learn it. So uh, let's start in verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Now, Peter and John, a couple of fishermen, disciples of Jesus. The context here is Jesus has come. He's performed his miracles, he's died, and then the miracle of rising again that brings us new life has happened. Then he's gone, ascended to heaven. The day of Pentecost has happened, so the Holy Spirit has filled up the disciples and they're just powering on, ready to start the church that we're currently in. And uh, Peter and John, just a couple of fishermen heading off to prayer. I, 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 has anyone ever thought, like, why were fishermen kind of the trade of the disciples? I felt like Jesus was like, I've got heaps of stories I've got to tell and fishermen would be great because then I can do like walking on water. I can, you know, throw the nets on the other side. I can do other stuff. Like if I just do sheep, all I can do is a lost sheep thing. That's it. So he just went fishermen. So uh, no, but when I actually thought about it, that illustration of a fisherman and how he works or he or she, um, how a fisherman works is that they actually have to go out every day and collect the fish. And sometimes the fish don't bite, but they go back the next day and try and get it again. And sometimes they go back to some spot and the fish aren't biting, so they change things up and they keep going out fishing. And I think we're called, if you're a Christian here this morning, if you believe Jesus in Jesus and you follow him, we're called to go out and fish for men. That's what it, it says in the Bible. And so sometimes as a fisherman, you've got to have that mentality. You'll come back with your nets empty, but it means tomorrow you just go to sleep you wake up and you go out again. Anyway, I love fishermen. That's got nothing to do with any of this. I just love those guys. I like to think of them kind of like chilled. Peter and John, like surfies. I reckon the context of a fisherman back then, just like chilled. Anyone met like a real actual surfie? Like I used to surf, but I wasn't a surfie, but just chilled as bra. Like, oh, and like just nothing, you know, it's awesome. Anyway, verse two. 
Now a man who was lame from birth, everyone say lame, from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. You know, sometimes we are carrying things that we've accepted is our lot in life. This lame man was carrying the fact that he was lame. He'd accepted the fact that he was lame. That was it. This is my lot in life. I'm born lame. That's who I am. You might be here this morning and there's things in your life that you've accepted. Well, that's just the way I am. But let me tell you this morning, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we're actually not set in some things. That Jesus has designed us to be free. So you might be here and you're going, you know what? I've always been stingy, so I'm just going to be stingy. Everyone's staring. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, oh, I've always been negative. I haven't, I've always been a pessimist. That's just the way I am. Or, you know, I, I've always had these depressing thoughts. That's just the way I am. Or, or what's my other example here? I've always gossiped. That's just the way I am. And I feel like this is a sentiment of this layman. He was there every day. He was in that state his whole life. He'd accepted that fate for him or that destiny he for lack of a better word. Um, sometimes we can't see, what have I written there? I didn't even, can't even understand my own writing. Oh yeah. Sometimes we can't see, let me just read that because I'll say it right. Sometimes we can't see past this problem, we just accept it. Has anyone here dieted? <sighs> Isn't dieting great? You work really hard at this dieting, and you go so hard, and then if you just stop for like a week, it literally, you can just literally see your gut blow out. <laughs> you know, I got to a point, maybe last year, like, I'm going to be honest with you here, like I used to be a beanpole, like you could blow, everyone would just blow at once, you went, I'd just blow over because I was so skinny. And you're all looking like, come on, Simon. <laughs> you might have just had one of those mirrors that bring you in. <laughs> and uh, I got to a point last year, I was like, you know what? Stuff being healthy, stuff getting fit, it's just way too hard. I'm just fat and that's the way it is. And it's like I accepted my lot in life. And I uh, started this year deciding, you know what, I'm not going to be healthy and live a life where I should get to see my girls grow up if I just eat whatever I want and don't actually look after myself. I realise it's not about the way I'm looking, but it's actually the way I'm treating my body. My body's a temple. But what I also observed about this part is that the lame man's friends carried him every day to that spot. And you might look at that and go, well, that's helpful, isn't it? It's helpful. Well, <clears throat> I looked at that and I thought, you know what? The lame man has actually been carried by his friends. His friends look like they're helping him, but they're actually helping him accept the way he looks at himself. Sometimes you might have friends around you you think are helping you and carrying you, but they're really not. They're actually helping you accept the thing that's not true about you. And when we talk about who are the people that are surrounding you? You don't want the friends that are carrying you and keeping you lame. You want the friends like Peter and John, the new friends, that come and bring you life. You'll see in a minute. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Sometimes we have friends that are asking us for things. This guy's asking for money, but they don't actually realise that we have something better to give them. We'll read in a moment, Peter and John have something way better than silver and gold to give than just money. We have friends in our lives that might be asking us for help. Maybe it's advice for a situation that's going on. They think, oh, what can we have to offer? Just advice back. Tell you what, we have new life to bring. We have the truth to bring. 
And uh, it's way better than silver and gold as we read. So Peter looked straight at him, as did John. So these guys were aware. These disciples were aware. I reckon they came to the temple that day and they're like, because this guy had been there for 40 years, they came to the temple ready to see the healing power of Jesus come over him. They were aware. And I think that's an incredible example of how we need to walk our lives. You know, sometimes we just, has anyone been to a third world country where there's lots of beggars around? Like I've been and it can be really sad and confronting um, because we just live in such privilege here in Australia. And like, that I'm not, even in China where, where my experience has been just people, or in, in Malaysia, um, where people are coming up to you asking you for things or come check out these products or whatever, you kind of you get, you just get tunnel vision. Hey, you just go straight in, I'm going there and I'm not going to let anyone else talk to me or, you know, have any, any contact with me. But the eyes of a Christ follower to go out and make disciples of all nations is actually a broaden that, to get rid of that tunnel vision. And I think these guys, they'd probably for years and years and years as they were praying in that temple and going to the temple to pray as Jews, they walked straight past this guy. But, to, but this day, when they had new life, when they had hope inside them from Christ, they started to open up and broaden their horizons. And that's how I want to live and I want to try and live to the best of my ability. So then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I want you to say, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, walk. This was the beginning of hope being anchored in this man's soul. This was the beginning. See, I often read this story and it's like that moment there is a moment of um, yeah, freedom and release. But as I read it, it was revealed to me that it's actually the beginning of hope. Because where does hope come from? It says in the Bible that God is the God of hope. So hope comes from Him. And so it's, it says in uh, Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtains. And before that, in Hebrews, he's talking about the promises that God has. That's the hope. We have hope in the promises of God. And those promises were fulfilled through Jesus Christ giving his life. So our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ and what he did for our lives. That's where our hope should be anchored. And the, the way we get that, I'm going to reveal in a moment. So an anchor, an anchor. Anyone seen an anchor from a big cruise ship? Like I, I was Googling the images and the chains would like fill this room for some of those cruise ships. But an anchor is used for two things. An anchor is used to help uh, a ship when it's in a storm to kind of keep its path and not go off path. So it anchors a ship in its direction when the storms are massive, but it also keeps it from drifting in the calm of a harbour. See, we need our hope anchored in Jesus when we're in a storm or we're in the, when we're in the calm. It's not just anchored for when we're in the calm, yep, it's all good. But it's when the storm comes, we want to have our hope anchored in Jesus because that way we keep pointing forward and keep our direction pointed at Him and the destiny He has for us and the purpose He has for us, the will of God that He has for us. So where's your current hope anchored? You know, sometimes I think about um, where is my hope anchored? And I, if I'm completely honest with you, my hope has been anchored in situations sometimes in my life. I've excused them as God, but it's kind of like, hey, God, if you work this way in my life, then, then, like, 
all things are great, you know. What's your will, God? Well, it's this that I'm telling you. And then uh, I'll anchor my hope to that. But you know what? Those circumstances always get pulled out from under you. Or if you achieve them, you get there and now your hope's anchored in nothing because you've achieved it. So you've got to find something else to anchor your hope in. But when our hope is anchored in Jesus, it's the beginning, middle and end. There's nothing, there's this eternity. When your hope is anchored in Jesus, it's never changing. It's never faltering. Like when you watch movies that inspire hope, those things are great. They make you feel that sense of emotion. But like in The Pursuit of Happiness, has anyone seen that movie where Will Smith is just striving? Like I cry every time I watch that movie. I love it. It's so inspiring. But that hope, that hope takes him to that moment. But if the movie continued after that, he'd actually have to find his hope attached to something else because he's achieved what his hope was in, which was to get a job. But if his hope was anchored in Jesus Christ, then as soon as he gets that job, there's another place to go. There's another level to go. There's another thing to achieve. So it says in Romans 15, 13, which I just mentioned before, may the God of hope, everyone say the God of hope, <coughs> fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like hope brings joy. Hope brings joy. Hope brings strength. Hope brings courage. Hope pushes you into the next space when you carry it. You know, sometimes hope's viewed as optimism. But hope isn't optimism because optimism is just a, a positive outlook on life. Hope is actually anchored in something. When it's true hope anchored in Jesus Christ, it's anchored in Him. So when the Bible's talking about hope, especially in the Old Testament, it's talking about waiting, waiting on God. And uh, anyone done the Bible Project, watched the Bible Project videos? I know Brendan has because he told me to watch them, but I don't know if he's talked about it here before, but they're awesome. And they have one video on hope and there's this cool line, we're talking about just the context of hope in the Bible and more so in the Old Testament. But it says this, it says, Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward and so we wait. It's about an expectation. But when it says, God, God, uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, I feel like it's joyful expectation that we have when we have, when we have hope. Like you don't have depressive hope. <laughs> Oh, so hopeful today. It's like, I'm so hopeful today. Hallelujah. Well, you, you don't usually say I'm hopeful, but you're like, this has got to be awesome. Um, so, you know, it could have been, I was reading some commentary about this verse, and it could have been that that lame man was there when Jesus was ministering in that temple. And I asked the question, why didn't Jesus heal him? And I was like, why not? And I think one of the reasons would be because without this, if he healed him at that time, then we wouldn't have had this story to see how we can do it, equipped as disciples of Jesus, having faith in him. And it's pretty incredible because Jesus' timing doesn't always make sense to us. The logical aspect is that guy is lame. Just heal him because you've got the power to. But Jesus waited. And so he was waiting on Jesus, needing hope says, continues on, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. This is Peter. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Has anyone ever prayed for someone for healing and then been like, I don't really want to test this. <laughs> I'm not sure if my faith is big enough. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Come on. Like, 
my faith is there, but it's kind of like, oh, good on you, mate. Just off you go. Don't worry about running around testing whether that knee works. I just love that part because Peter had it just 100% faith. He just said, he just said, take my hand. Well, didn't even say, he just put his hand out and helped him up. Where am I going? It reminded me of, <laughs> I shared some of the youth guys because uh, we have our youth on Friday nights and fortnightly, if you don't know, your Norwood guys come up to the Adelaide Hills and we do a service together, which is awesome fun. And uh, we just have a, a blast, don't we? It's good fun. And I shared this story um, the other week. I, uh, we, I did a, f- a photo shoot, a job where I had to photograph a, 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 what's it called? A kiln burner. Real exciting stuff. It's like, work with me here. Work with me. And uh, I went home and a couple of days later, I was like, oh, I better dump the footage and whatever. And so I went to dump the footage and I did it an unorthodox way. And it was going to take like six hours and I was doing it at like 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday night. So I was like, I'll cancel that. So I cancelled it. And, uh, and then I went to go restart it again where I was going to dump all the footage onto the computer and I opened up the CF card and there was nothing on it. And I was like, oh dear. Oh dear. And Georgia saw me just leap out of bed and I was trying to just, you know, keep my temper, but I was about to just, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. So I was like, come on, Jesus. Here's my faith. Come on, Jesus. You can do it. Just make them appear magically. Come on. So I put the, put the card back into the camera. I was like, this will work because Jesus is here. Amen, amen. Shut up. And I was like praying for it. And I opened up the, the camera. I was like, come on, Jesus. Nothing. There's no, there's no photos. I was like, oh, boy. It's like a hundred, I'm trying to look for 250 photos here. So, okay, I'll plug it back in the computer. This is your chance, Jesus. Work your miracle. Work your miracle. I've got faith. Plug it in. Nothing there. I was like, okay, Jesus hates me. He's left me for dead. I literally, so I ring Brendan, obviously being my business partner. So this is a job we do together. I say, mate, I've stuffed up. You know, I've done this problem. He goes, have you prayed about it? And I literally said to him, no, I think Jesus has left me dead on this one. (laughs) Uh, So Peter embarrasses me with his faith because (laughs) the end of that story is, I was like, well, why don't you just try some data recovery things? So the first thing I opened, I downloaded, and voila, there it was. Jesus worked a miracle. Uh, I just thought I was expecting it my way. See, the lame man was expecting to be healed his own way. But Jesus has his own plan. So we're we just going to sit in the same place where we are this year. We're going to start this year grabbing hold of hope. Are you going to sit in the same place putting hope in, in hopeless things, in circumstances, in situations? Or are you going to grab hold of Jesus and anchor your hope to Him? That's the challenge this morning. That's what's been challenging me as I've prepared this message. It says, continues on, And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. The man leaped up. You know, when Jesus gets on you, you just leap up. Written here, Jesus doesn't want to just assist a lame man. He wants to completely restore him. So Jesus doesn't want to just help us limp through life. He wants to completely restore us. He wants us to live our best life. He wants us to love our life and love our life with Him. He doesn't want us just to carry us. He wants us to stand on our own feet and our hope and our faith anchored in Him. I read in another commentary that it's, uh, I think it's in the Matthew Henry. 
or David Gersick, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's not the church's business in this world to simply make the present conditions more bearable. The task of the church is to release here on earth the redemptive work of God in Christ. Amen? Amen. So then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And uh, I've just written here, hope brings joy. Like he's just leaping and jumping. Hope brings joy. I can, this morning, I'm going to give you an invitation to receive Jesus Christ. And that, at that instant, hope will enter your life and it will bring pure joy. See, joy comes from God. Joy is not happiness. Joy is birth from heaven, from Jesus Christ. And so when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who'd been sitting, begging at the temple gates called beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement that had happened to him so three quick things that this lame man did as soon as he was healed first he attached himself to the apostles he actually followed them in he attached himself to a leader he attached himself to someone to help be discipled he followed other people and and the, and the brothers that actually uh, gave him Jesus Christ and offered that to him secondly he immediately started to use what God had given him. He immediately got up and started walking. When you receive hope and freedom, start using that hope and freedom that you've got and the gifts God's given you. And finally, and most importantly, I think he began praising God. He started jumping around praising God and that's the space we should be in. When we're filled with hope, we will continually praise God. We'll praise God through the storm. We'll praise God through the calm because we're filled with hope. So what can we learn from this lame man? How can we... Achieve the lame way to get hope. Hope is waiting for us to reach out and grab it. And that's actually reaching out. Like I like to picture it like Peter reaching to this lame man. I like to picture that Jesus' hand is out waiting for us to grab onto it. And when you lock on, it's like, it's like a, it just gets welded together. You can latch on and it's unbreakable. And that's an offer here this morning. If you know who Jesus Christ is, I don't think sometimes we don't actually grab a hold of that hope that's available to us. Sometimes we may miss that. So I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment to do that. So this morning, if you need people to stop carrying you and actually stand up on your own two feet like this lame man, if I could grab the band up here, that would be awesome. I'm going I'm to do that first. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to God and say, hey, I'm going to be honest with you, God, this morning, my hope hasn't been anchored in you. So if I could just get everyone, get everyone to close their eyes. Because I don't think this is a moment for anyone else to see. It's not even for me to see. This is a, an opportunity for you to spend some time with God to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to start 2018. I want to have a fresh start. And I want my hope anchored in you, not in situations not in what's been going on in my life, not in the disappointments I might have had last year or not even in the wins I had last year. Last year, I want to start this year and the rest of my life anchored in you, Jesus. Actually, I'm going to do it this other way because I think it'll work better. So first off, if you don't know Jesus here this morning, you don't know who I'm talking about, we're going to pray a prayer together that gives you an opportunity to meet Jesus. It's so simple. It says in the Bible that you just have to declare with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and, and believe that God raised Him from the dead and that He's the Son of God and you'll be saved. 
And so this morning, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, you know what, I want to pray that prayer this morning. I want to pray that prayer. I want to reach out and grab Jesus this morning. You might have done that before, but you know, you might have been like the layman, just kind of sitting here waiting for something else. But you realise this morning, I've just got to lift up my hand and grab hold of Jesus and make Him Lord of my life. When I was a teenager, I believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And I believe God raised Him from the dead. But Jesus wasn't my Lord. See, Lord means Master. And I was living a life where Jesus wasn't the master of my life. He wasn't helping me make decisions. I was doing things my own way. And I had to make a decision. I decided to make a decision where it's like, no, Jesus, now you're my Lord. And I've never looked back. So this morning, if that's you, if you've never done that before, or if you have and you need to do it again, like I did when I was a teenager, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand and we'll pray this prayer together. Here we go. Count of three. One, if you've never done it before, I want you to lift your hand. Two, if you have, but you need to do again, on the count of three, lift your hand. Three. Be bold this morning. Be courageous. doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life. This is a moment to reach out to Him. It's going to give a couple more seconds. You might feel like Jesus is knocking on your heart right now. doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from. This morning, Jesus wants you. His hand is reaching out for you. And with our eyes still closed, I just want to open up this opportunity to respond. You might have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and you follow Him, but your hope is not anchored in Him. And that hand of hope is reaching out to you this morning and you want to declare to Jesus that I'm grabbing hold of that this morning. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand. It's not for me to see, but this is for you to acknowledge God and, and, and acknowledge Jesus and actually make an action like the lame man did. On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. If that's you. Awesome. Just reach out to Him right now. Lord, I thank You for every hand raised right now. Father, I praise You that there's commitment from people here. doesn't matter where they're coming from or what's happened, but right now they're reaching out like that lame man for You, Jesus. They're reaching out for their hope to be anchored an anchor for their souls. And I pray you bless them right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that your spirit fill them to overflow, that that pure joy that comes from hope fills them in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you. Amen. Fantastic. Well, thank you for having us this morning. Again, it's been an absolute privilege to spend time with you and I hope I get to meet those of you I haven't met before uh, and those of you I have met for... 20 years or however long I've known you for. So God bless and thanks for having us. Thank you, Simon.